And we are back with another episode of Ladies First, the final episode of the year. I am Corey, joined by... Elizabeth. And... Hi. Yeah, here we are. <laughs> Hi, it's been a while. It's been a hot minute. Yeah. There's been a lot going on, to be fair. Yeah, there's... I Yeah, I've been, I've been busy this past month. God, has it been a month? Oh, God, it's been a month. Yeah. And now we're almost <clears> at the <throat> end of the year. So we're going to do a recap. And in conclude, we're also going to touch on some stuff that happened since our last episode. So buckle <laughs> up, it's going to be busy. Yeah, well, we figured that we want to end out the year talking about some of the things that we felt that TV shows did well. Especially considering that we had so many grievances the previous year. It felt like it might be valuable to evaluate whether or not any of our grievances have been acknowledged or if they've been worked on. I personally think they have. I do, too. Um, I mean, as far as, like, the main grievance, I saw a lot of queer women commenting on was, you know, the uh, dead lesbian barrier gaze trope. (laughs) Yes. So, you know, as far as that goes, I think that one was fairly well answered, whether it was done purposefully or inadvertently that was just always going to write it well i think that's um been fairly successful this year i know with winona earp you've got waverly and um nicole that like at this point yeah they're at this point they're like those what do you call the weebles you know, oh, weevils wobble, blue... but they don't fall down yeah <laughs> that you just keep punching them and they just pop right back up so, I yeah. mean, there's that. We yeah, actually have a much. shirt in our store called Unkillable Queer that we made because of them. Um, just because, <laughs> like, all the ways they could have died and are still just up and kicking and running around gleefully around purgatory. Um, I'm going to give credit where credit's due. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, Andros definitely had some fun making playing around with this trope and making fun of it. Um. You know, and I'll give credit. I know the Maggie and Alex breakup on Supergirl has been a very hotly debated topic. Um, but nobody died. Nobody died. So, guys, remember baby steps, baby steps. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> that was a needed baby step after 2016. Nobody died. Um, yeah, to be honest, uh, the only death that I can recall. Would be The Handmaid's Tale, right? Yeah, and that one was done purposefully, not in that kind of, oh, we're being a trope, but it was highlighting. Oh, so, okay, so I have I have a soapbox to clamber up on about this okay. particular instance, and I figure this is the place I'm going to do it or I'm going to forget. The presence of tropes in media, um, just tropes existing, tropes are not good or bad by their nature. Um, whether they're good or bad is determined by how they're used. So it is actually possible to use the barrier gaze trope in a positive way. The Handmaid's Tale is an example of that. Yes. But I just had to I had just okay. had to jump on that soapbox for five seconds because I feel like I'll explode if I don't get that off my chest. Okay. Um most in twenty sixteen, most shows did not use that trope in a positive way. In twenty seventeen, yes. most shows just did not use that trope, period, or they gleefully subverted it, or they used it in a very poignant way like the Handmaidens Tale did. Handmaids. Yes. Handmaid, handmaiden. Handmaid, so. Um, you can tell I don't I watch think... 
Um, I think we actually made a net gain on number of queer characters this season compared to a quite catastrophic net loss last season. Oh, goodness. Well, 2016. I don't... I don't think we've recovered our full numbers, but, like, we're making progress towards that. Yeah. I mean, it's it's getting there. We've had more people coming out. We've had more shows that are introducing queer characters. Um, I, we just had one recently, and it was a um, queer woman of color to boot. Uh, Brooklyn Nine- <laughs> Is it Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Yeah. Please tell me I didn't just brain fart the show. Anyways, Rosa. Rosa just came yeah, out. Yeah, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah, as bisexual. Um, just recently, just a couple we- weeks ago, last <laughs> week it was that big uh, reveal with her parents. Um, I know we've got an article up about it on our site, but I was just so tickled because the actress who plays her, um, Stephanie Beatrice, is also um, openly bisexual in her life. So I thought mm-hmm. that was this nice kind of confluence of queer and queer. Yeah, and she uh, she also made some nice statements about it on Twitter. If you're so inclined, you can read what she wrote after the episode aired. It was very nice. Mm. Um, but uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine has always been sort of a beacon of representation, and unique representation as well, because you can't tell me that there's any character anywhere else on TV like Captain Holt. Right. But the one thing that was kind of missing from the show was a queer woman. And so now... I feel like they've really rounded out their diversity cast completely. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's always room for expansion. We can have there's, a trans there's character. There's always room for improvement. Um, of I course. As far as the depth on that show, I think it's pretty incredible. For a show that is essentially an ensemble comedy set in a police precinct, it actually breaks quite a few barriers you would not expect it to. Right. I mean, you've got... Um, just people of color who are high-ranking or detectives or captain, you know, whatever. But even that alone, and then, like you said, with um, Holt and now with Rosa. Mm-hmm. And the two of them interacting together and discussing her coming out. Like, yes. that was honestly one of the best scenes of the year. He was so happy. Well, for him. It's, yes, and supportive. <laughs> yeah, he's not... He's not not overly demonstrative, but for him, that was really touching. Yes, it was, it was definitely an excellent moment. And I want more of those. See, that's, um, I, I've been seeing some uh, things on Twitter lately of some writers talking about how you should pull, pull your queer characters from your cast that you already have instead of writing brand new characters. And that's something that I very much support and actually hope that this is a trend that will continue Mm -hmm. because it, it will it will help if well number one it'll save you a lot of work integrating the character into your TV show because surprise they're already integrated why wasn't that easy haha <laughs> um it's like you know it's almost like this is completely logical but it means that number one the audience will have an easier time latching on to queer characters especially audience that may be hesitant to um, number two it makes it harder to kill them off because they'll be ingrained into the TV show which. You know, it makes it more difficult to kill an established character, or at least in most shows, they are a little more hesitant to kill an established character. And three, it's so we get well-rounded queer characters. Yeah. I mean, one thing I do want to point out, and I know you and I kind of talked about this a little bit, is that with Holt and Diaz, the generational gap 
of the older yes. generation being proud to see what the newer generation is doing, but also acknowledging yes. that older generation. I thought that was really rather touching. It's because, not something um, that gets talked about much because the idea of having an older generation of queer people is sort of a new one. It's just sort of becoming, I mean, as we talked extensively about the AIDS crisis and for right. all the reasons why, but like, this is something that's kind of brand new and kind of unprecedented. Well, and also, I mean, like, there Brooklyn, is some... Brooklyn Nine-Nine should get credit for doing it in the mainstream TV show. Right. And there is some ageism at play. I mean, Hollywood loves young people. It's a young people's game. So, yeah, the older generations kind of aged out of people who would be the go-to casting so i think when we do get to see it knowing everything that worked against or the odds stacked against getting those moments i think you know for me i savor them even more yes um you know and especially the older generation now like the men who survived the aids crisis the lesbians and Bisexual. Everybody who survived the AIDS crisis, essentially, is they're getting up there, and they're your parents' age. Yeah, and I I wish we <laughs> could see more of them. I mean, I guess this is one of my wish lists for 2018: is that we see more mature LGBT members. <laughs> yes, over thirty. Yeah, More over, over 30, 30 or over 40. Um, you know, it's like, yes, they exist. Let's not write them out of their own narratives. Their, their narratives are still being written. And that's yeah. why especially I love the, Captain the, Holt so especially much. If the, especially if the TV watching audience ages. Mm-hmm. Um, the, like the, the average age of people who primarily watch network television. I'm hoping to get more of this on mainstream network television. Because, you know, these are the life cycles that most of mainstream... America is are going through so it feels like an appropriate time to start put like aging up our queer characters on television well I mean as a whole queer well just television viewership is starting to skew older um I was just looking at some stats earlier this morning that they were talk that we were looking at um they they did a survey on demographics and it's like the baby boomers generation that are watching the most TV right now. And the, um, the youngest generation, I guess you could say generation Z or whatever, their numbers are down like catastrophically. Um, yeah. Cause none of, none of them can afford a television package. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the ta- the change in time spent watching traditional TV by age group, uh, 65 plus is up 7%. Um, 50 to 64, it's pretty much net. Uh, 35 to 49 is down 11%. That's actually surprising. Yeah. Well, here it keeps plummeting. Um, 25 to 34 <laughs> is down by 25%. And 12 through 17 is down by 34%, and 18 to 24 is down by 84%. And obviously, this is traditional. One of, my favorite things about millennial, one of my favorite things about millennials and Generation Z is how we are basically immune to marketing. Um, and this is one of the reasons why. Yeah, and these are from Nielsen. 
statistics, and this is from 2010 to 2015. That's how much it's dropped. And I know how much you love statistics. Um, I love statistics. But yeah, I mean, the television landscape is changing, and it's growing more and more niche. So I I think we're in the time where, yeah, like you can add these characters. You know, you can start to embrace your niche that watches. I mean, obviously, I think there's something to be said about you have to tell your story first and not wholesale cater. But I think we're at a great time to embrace these niche shows, like these genre shows, like we're seeing on sci-fi and, um, oh my god. Netflix. Netflix. Even Netflix. No, the one that Supergirl's on. CW. Oh my god, yes. On CW, I'm sorry everybody. I'm so used to that phrase being blacklisted, you forgot what it was, huh? Yes. Um, but yeah, <laughs> you start to see these shows are starting to put more and more queer characters on. And I love it. I think we're at, hopefully, entering a new age that we start, they're just part of the fabric of our shows. It's not going to be a big deal, because... I mean, it's a big deal, but not, you know, like, oh, look, somebody's adding a queer character. It was just, they're there from the beginning. No, I would love to get to the point that that is a thing, that they just they just exist. Well, even, like, in games, which technically ESO came out a few years ago, but Morrowind came out this year, so I'm allowed to talk about it as if it happened this year. Uh, ESO, uh, if you're into games at all, you should play this MMO, especially if you're queer, because there are queer characters in the game, and they're just there. They just exist. Like, you'll get quests from them, and they casually mention that they have a husband or a wife, and, like, it's not even part of the quest. They just happen to exist in the universe. And it's, that's... like, it's fascinating, because, like, it's, because I notice it immediately, of course, but it's just, like, wow, they just, they're there. Nobody cares. It's not, nobody's making a big deal out of it. Right. And like, th- this that's... is great. This is fantastic. That's my one thing I really hope we get better about, is we're including these characters, but they're, like, the only characters it seems like in their universe that are gay like yeah there's not just one queer person and their significant other especially like in elder scrolls this is a universe that features interracial and even interspecies relationship like there are there are races of cat and lizard people and now the cat and lizard people can marry cat and lizard people of the same gender it's fantastic wow i mean that's great but it's, yeah, but it's just like it's it gets fan- like sort of to point out the ridiculousness of the fact that there is a fantasy universe where you can be a cat person and you can marry a human being, but the human being in previous games had to be the opposite gender. Uh, yeah, I'm just I I want us to get better about you know we have a main queer character, but that's fine. Sh- give me background queer characters too. Like give me a couple of. In a restaurant or something, or at a bank or whatever, you know, this the queer character is not going to be the only lonely queer person in the universe for that show. If you really have to do it on hard statistics, one in ten of your characters on the TV show should be should be queer. Yeah, like that's your minimum. That's your absolute minimum. One in ten, probably and, closer and, to three in ten. And don't give me this BS about oh well, they're just not overtly acting like it. They're just a normal person going about their day. <laughs> Yeah, well, then show me going about their day with their boyfriend or their girlfriend. Going about your day in a gay way. Like, honestly, every every queer person knows this. Like, as if there is anything I do that doesn't have, like, a twinge of queerness to it. I, I swear, all you have to do is <laughs> let me see two women in Ikea looking at toilets. 
<laughs> That's all. They just have to be in the background looking at toilets. I can do the rest. I know the signals. I know the code talking here. I will pick it up. One of my favorites is the is the couple in the background that is clearly having a couple's fight but is trying to be quiet about it. I want more of those with gay couples. Yes. <laughs> those are my favorite. Not like the mean fight, but like the bickering fight in the corner of Ikea. Like, yeah. Oh, I love yeah. Because they're arguing over <laughs> curtains or something. Exactly. I mean, and also the same goes to um, people, characters of color as well, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. And especially queer characters of color. But point being is it's not really great rep if it's the only lonely. Yeah. So, yes, we hit the first step of barrier gaze. Now let's have more than one or two. Yes. And they don't always have to date each other. No. Like, that's another thing. Like, you can have, like, two lesbian characters in an ensemble and they don't get together because they're just friends. Yes. Like, granted, we'll need far more queer characters in shows before this is going to be a consistent thing we could do, but that's something that I would like to see in the future. I know the L L word told a generation of young queer women otherwise, but it's possible. I promise. Queer women can just be friends (laughs) on screen. Yeah, queer women can just be friends with each other. You can also just be friends with queer women who you find attractive. It's shocking, I know. Aye. that that's an entirely different podcast, though. So let's not get too deep into that. Um, no, I also like... wanted to bring up um, Steven Universe. Mm. Oh, I think Gretchen, uh, Gretchen, Elizabeth. Sorry, Gretchen talks about no, this show that... so much. I was gonna say in that moment we are all Gretchen. No, yeah, like I love this much. show too. I don't talk about it nearly as much as she does because I have to talk about Supergirl. Yeah. <laughs> but laugh is superior. Oh my god! <laughs> That's right. You didn't know about it at first. I didn't know. Well, because you know, like I'm one of those people where if something is kind of a. I I I'm sorry, guys. Faberry broke me. I can't do a non-canon ship ever again. But Lapidot did catch my attention, and. You guys, I just have so many feels about this ship. Because I was expecting it to not be anything. Like, I wasn't expecting it to manifest into anything of, like, substance. I still don't know if I've called 100% canon. They played that pretty openly that you could interpret that either way of either friends or more. Like, that was very <laughs> open to interpretation. It was very fan servicey. Like, that's that's the word I'd use. It's, it reminded me a lot of kind of Glee at its best. Well, and that's the thing. I don't even, until we get more episodes, like, <laughs> the way they've set everything up, like, it could be either way, and they're not telling you which way is the right way. No, and see, that's the, that's the infuriating thing about breakup. Steven Universe, is it's so good at that. It's yes. like, well, you will have no clue what's going on until another five episodes drop, and then they drop, but then they set up an even bigger mystery, and you're just like, motherfucker. I know. But seriously, like, for right now, it's like Schrodinger's relationship. They are a couple. They are not a couple. Doesn't matter. The show doesn't care. I don't know. I love this. because Like, I've talked about this. I've talked about this a few times before, but about how, like, most queer women have had at least one relationship in their life where, like, for all intents and purposes, it is a relationship. You just don't call it that. And that's what Lapis and Peridot sort of remind me of. 
is that very intense emotional air quotes platonic friendship. I know, and then one of them leaves, and the other person. I know. Poor Paragon. I loved Amethyst and Steven so much in that episode for just realizing, like, they validated her pain, and then they tried to help her process it. Oh. You know, they weren't like, oh, get over it, or oh, it's going to be better. You know, they validated, like, yeah, this is really shitty. (laughs) And then they tried showing her a slightly different way of, you know, looking about it so she can start moving on. Now, obviously, I would love for Lapis to come back, but you know what? Doesn't always happen. We'll see. I am far more ambivalent It's a children's show, so you hope for the best. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I know I'm more ambivalent about this than Elizabeth is. Um, Oh. Honestly, I'm really into the show for the lore. This is the only ship that really gets to me. Well, and I identify with Pearl's angst a lot. (laughs) (laughs) But I really like how queer this show can be read because you also have Garnet with Ruby and Sapphire. And then you have Pearl with Rose. And then Pearl with that rando. It's not just red is queer. It is objectively queer. Right, but I'm saying like... Ruby Ruby and Sapphire... Like, Ruby and Sapphire, it's, like, undeniably what that is. It, right, and gay. then you've got um, <laughs> Pearl and whatever with Rose Quartz, and then Pearl and with that rando that they devoted an entire episode to with Amethyst and Steven tailing along with her so she could try and meet that lady again and get her number. Um, Where is Mystery Girl? I demand yes. have that storyline satisfied. I mean, and it was a cute little story and but it also we finally got to see that pearl was moving on also we got to see that pearl has a type oh my goodness pearl has a definite <laughs> type oh my god oh god i you see uh, that? I, I love that because i'm like that because like i i yeah. appreciate that steven steven and amethyst um let her roll with that and didn't point it out <laughs> <laughs> when you have a type you have a type Oh. oh, by the way, I have a new girlfriend, so I just was sitting on that, wanted to announce it to the world. But, um, yeah, that's what Corey said to me. So you have a type. See, I thought you were going to bust that out when you started going off about the Handmaid's, ta- handmaid's Tale. And I was looking at it. I was like, oh, here comes blah, blah. Oh, no, she didn't. Okay. Okay, well, I had to find a, I had to find a good place to sneak it in. She's obsessed with the Handmaid's like, Tale. Okay, but. I thought but, for no. sure. We got there. I had to make sure that she would listen to more than half of it. <laughs> uh-huh. Man, do I have news for you. We are at 23 minutes. <laughs> Aw, okay. Well, um, she at least will listen up until this point. Yes. Um, I did, uh, there was another show I wanted to talk about uh, really quick before we dive into the DC TV crossover. Because and... you know that's what we really want to talk about. <laughs> I know, that's why I want to get this out of the way before our time suck comes in. Um, Black Lightning, so far, we know we're getting three queer women of color for the first season. Three. One of them is a lead, one of the Anissa, one of them is Grace Choi. By the way, the only acceptable ship name for this is Graceful Thunder. I will call them that until I die. Help me spread that, That please. That is an awesome ship name. 
Anyways, and then there, um, I just found out we're going to have another queer uh, lady character. So when I was talking about, um, you know, not the only lonely, this is a great first start. <laughs> also, really yes, though, please. you should watch Black Lightning. It has uh, nothing to do with Supergirl getting shuffled around. Yeah, January sixteenth is when it starts. Um, That's my birthday. Know, well, it's Shahara's birthday, too, and I guarantee you, someone's more excited than you are. <laughs> um, yeah, Shahar is super excited about that. We talk, We actually talked about Black Lightning a little bit when she guested on here um, our, in our last episode, but I am so excited for this show. I hope you guys tune in and watch it just because, I mean, we're getting a show about, you know superheroes of color and it's being run by people of color and there are queer people of color and it i am just i am so excited for this i had to get that out before you know i didn't get back to it now we can talk about the getting out (laughs) now we can talk about the crossover yay okay so where do we start I will let you start on this because I, I'm not sure how deep you want to get into certain sections or if you just want to stay with Alex and Sarah. All right. Since this is ladies first, we're going to keep it about the queer stuff. We're not going to talk too much about the crossover stuff, although I do have another soapbox I need to clamber up on later. You'll see what I mean. Okay. So Sarah and Alex. So first of all, uh, Sarah Lance has this particular look she gets the second that she realizes that a woman is into other women and in the crossover she realizes a woman's on the market yes the second she realizes that a woman is available for her to pursue and uh in the crossover um when she realizes alex is available uh she has a particularly like pronounced example of this look it's one of my favorite gifts i've pulled from this crossover but we'll have uh, it in the article in case you need to reference. Yes. But um, first of all, like, okay, so I thought that they would just have them kiss. Because, of oh. course, that, that's, cause that's what it was up on, like, the spoiler reels and stuff. And, like, you know, like, that's what you expect usually when they do an event like this. If we got a kiss between them. That's not what we got. <laughs> no. No. The way, uh, well... It was the, the we got basically everything ex- except an explicit sex scene. Oh goodness! Which and she then can't we have got it the all. Morning after. Yes, I, Alex's realization of what she had done—just that, like, <gasps> was that just double amazing. take she did. How Kyler uh, Lee did that double take was just yes, priceless. And then I also I also love that Sarah Lance has like three rings on her hand. Like the hand that was over Alex's hip, and I'm just like, that is such a gay woman thing to have a lot of rings. Well, and then like Alex was doing her walk to the wedding of shame hungover thing, and Kara is just reading her their riot act. I love how at first, at first, Kara doesn't get it, and the second that she sees Sarah, Kara's like, oh. And Alex is trying to play it so cool, like, nothing happened. You know, like trying to play it cool like alex danvers does which means not at all right and sarah's just like oh by the way is your butt okay because i heard you (laughs) fell when you got out of bed this morning and you just see like this shit eating smug little grin on Kara's face 
Yes, that is the face of a sibling who will not let this go for a calendar year. And you, the look on Alice's face. Yeah, she realizes Kara probably just heard that. She's a sassy assassin. Oh, that was so beautiful. And then her little meltdown right after. What kind of person am I? I had a one-night stand. I had a one-night stand. Who am I? And Kara's just like, it's fine. It's healthy. You're just getting back out there. And Alex is, of course, freaking out. I went through this exact same sort of meltdown (laughs) once upon a time. So it was very relatable. It it is not unheard of in the queer lady circles. Well, yeah, but also, like, I was sort of, not coming of age, but, like, I was in, like, my early 20s during the height of boy culture, so, like, for those of us who aren't really inclined to it, um, those of us who aren't really inclined to it, like, you feel really guilty if you participate in it, so, yeah. Oh... One good thing about living in the middle of nowhere. I didn't even have the opportunity to participate in that. (laughs) Um, My one and only one night stand wasn't technically a one night stand because I felt kind of guilty. So I took her to dinner the next day because, you know, I'm me. (laughs) It was a dinner stand. Um, But also, I mean, they didn't just stop at that. We also got um, Leo and Ray. Yeah. So, I mean, like, they just went full on, let's let's throw it all in there, and we're awesome, and everybody's gay and happy. Or bi and gay and happy. I mean, as much as you can be in a story about Nazis. Well, yes, but I don't know how deep you want to get into that, so I'm going to let <laughs> you uh, steer the ship on that one. Okay, all I really have to say about this is this, that... Um, I think that, yes, it did have to be Nazis, and the reason why is when you have a show that has prominently Jewish characters and prominently queer characters in it, do not make it be Nazis would be diffusing responsibility, because Earth-X is supposed to be the worst possible universe you can imagine. So essentially what DC is saying is, the worst possible universe we can imagine is one where Nazis are in charge. Mm-hmm. So I can't really take arguments against that not seriously, but I, I don't agree with it. But that's just my opinion. I think that I personally think that it would be sort of I think it would do a disservice to the message that they're trying to send if they didn't make it Nazis, especially if you actually have, you know, queer characters up against the firing line in a concentration camp. Right. But like, that's just me. <clears throat> oh, I'm I'm not Jewish, so I really don't have any room to say anything. Oh, um, I am. I feel I probably should. I know that's why I'm letting you talk. (laughs) I have no room to say anything. I am actually Jewish, so uh, well, no, but you're allowed to have an opinion on it, even if you're not. It's just that this is my opinion on it that I feel like yes, it was necessary. But I think uh, in this particular instance, your opinion carries a little (laughs) bit more weight than mine. True, and no, and then like, and also, I mean. I just love watching superheroes kick the shit out of Nazis. Like, I feel like this is part of, this is part of, like, the American dream to me, is, like, like, part of the American ideal is apple pie with ice cream on it and Captain America punching Hitler in the face. Like. You mean before Marvel turned him into a Nazi this summer? We won't talk about Secret Empire. 
<laughs> I had to report on Secret Empire. I will talk about that till I'm blue in the face. Everybody know, has right? to suffer with me. Yeah, what is it that is like, it's like uh, kill your heroes? Oh, jeez. More like death of the author in this case with Nick Spencer. Uh, okay, well, fortunately, Superman, Supergirl, it, well, maybe not Superman, but Supergirl is punching Nazis in the face. Yes, and flying her Nazi her doppelganger up to blow up. She's doing Rao's work. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of, though, can we touch just really quickly on the mid-season finale? Yes. Holy crap. Holy crap. Rain kicked the absolute shit out of Kara. Kara has never Rain had is an a- ass whooping like that in her life. Rain is genuinely terrifying. And, like, that's... I mean, that's saying a lot. Because, honestly, the DC TV shows have a really big problem with having kind of lame villains. Um, this one isn't. No, well, and especially when you have a character like Supergirl, who is godlike to begin with. It's an issue. You know, the past two seasons, the danger wasn't really to herself. It was everybody else, and she couldn't protect everybody because she's just one person. This time, there's a villain that, you know, can genuinely kill her. <laughs> so the da- the stakes are automatically ratcheted up to 100. And then also, it's a villain who she knows. Well, she doesn't know that she knows her yet, but we'll get there. And that's so sad. I know, right? My like, isn't it funny? Puppy does not deserve this. Like, I saw on Twitter somebody had commented about how, like, the, one of the reasons why we check out of films lately is that because the enemies are always CGI, and so that they they don't have a grounding in reality, mm-hmm. and so we sort of check out the third act of films because we're essentially watching characters fight a painting, and that kind of stuck with me when I was watching this mid-season finale for Supergirl. Is like, oh, the reason why Rain is working so well is Rain is a threat. And Rain is a very real threat because Rain is an actual person. Also, like an actual punchable, understandable person. And we know Sam. And those stakes are Sam is a good person. She doesn't understand what's happening to her. Yes. That's why this is so tragic. I know. And Ruby, oh god, Ruby. Although like Alex and Ruby, like they have a couple of moments of just like I wonder if Alex is gonna end up with Ruby at the end of the season. We'll see. I it may or may not happen. We'll just have to watch. Um, Obviously, I don't hope that that's what will happen, right. but I feel like that was foreshadowed. Um, I will say, moving on, otherwise we're going to be stuck talking about the great ass whooping of 2017. Um, <laughs> there are shows I am and movies I'm really looking forward to in 2018. Mm-hmm. And one of them is coming up just next month. Well, one of them is Black Lightning, but I already just squeed over that. Um, one Day at a Time, however, is coming back. And Elizabeth, yes. I don't know if you saw the photos that were released today, but there was one with Elena looking so adorably dapper in a suit. <laughs> oh, my God. It's in like, a blue yes. suit. Did you see that? I did see it. I did see it. I also saw it paired with the photos of Penelope smiling at a very tall and handsome man. And so yeah, I hope Penelope, she gets a love and Penelope, <laughs> you climb him like a tree, lady. You climb him yes. like a tree. She needs somebody in her life. Yeah. 
he uh, you you could do a whole lot worse. Um, but yeah, Elaine Al- yeah, is Al- such an adorable baby gay. Especially, yeah, I was about to say it's like with her. Her is a um, she's my favorite baby gay of this last year. Uh, well, and we talked about it. Her coming out, I thought, was just handled so beautifully. Um, yes, you know, Lydia talked herself around to it in like two minutes. Penelope loved her kid. <laughs> she just took a little bit of time because, you know, it's a big change. And, you know, she had all these ideas of what her daughter would be and she had to completely rearrange them. And she was upset that it took her a little while. So it's not that she never loved her kid. It was just, it was a change. And I yeah. just, I really liked that. I thought it was just very grounded and very real. Well, I want to see it more developed, though. That was my, my only thing was, like, I did like it. It's just, you know, it's season two, like, give her more of an identity as a, as a baby gay. Well, like, yeah, I want I mean, to see more of her. actually out, out until later in the season, so. No, exactly. But, like, this is sort of what I'm saying, like, like, uh. Sort of my my one issue with the queer representation of this past year, although this is really like a continuing problem, is that often it's like we start something new, but it never quite gets past that phase. You know, like we introduce a new character, they come out and then everything's great and it's supposed to be happily ever after, but we never see like actual life after that. Yeah, or if there is, like, there's a happily ever after, but there isn't, like, a big enough gap between we just met and we got married for it to, like, really make sense. Right. Unless your name is Alex Danvers and you proposed to your girlfriend on a whim before having some big, much necessarily needed discussions. I know a lot of people didn't like that, but I liked it for how realistic it was, because honestly, people really do dumb shit like that, I would know. I've had friends that they get engaged and they just, they assume the other person is on their same wavelength and then they never actually talk about it. And then you've got these gotcha moments. And here's the thing. We all love to think we're great at communication in relationships. I guarantee you, you are not nearly as good as you think you are. Yep. Yep. Every time you think to yourself, I don't need to explain this because it's understood you need to like maybe it. Run, run, yeah run over that one more time just make sure yeah or if you like oh of course he thinks this way or she thinks this way or they think this way about something major like religion or marriage or kids ask yourself wait did we actually talk about this or am i assuming because if you're assuming yeah, my I had friend I had a friend, and she's Jewish, and he was Mormon, and they never discussed how they were going to raise their kids. It broke off a five-year relationship and a two-year engagement. Oh, no. Because they just never thought to ask. They just assumed the other one was going was gonna to give in. Yeah, you know what they say about assuming. Makes a ass out of you and me. Yes. Love that phrase. And also ends relationships. My grandfather taught me that. <laughs> We're not allowed to say that word yes. in my house, in my family's house. That's a wordy dirt. Actually, Which we're word? not even allowed to say hell. Oh, ass. Which word? We can't say ass. Oh. And growing up, like, ass. Hell, we, I couldn't even say fine because that was, like, attitude. <clears throat> oh, my God. 
No, I was going to say, Grandpa wasn't allowed to say that to us, but he still did. Yeah, it just never happened. (laughs) (laughs) When I say my parents were the Cleavers, I am not (laughs) exaggerating. Oh Um, my god. But yes, anyways, one day at a time. It comes back this next month. Sarah's going to be reviewing it for us. Um, I'm really excited to see, you know, where Elena goes. I'm excited to see what Lydia has been up to. I really hope Penelope climbs that EMT guy like a tree because he he, he is not bad looking. Yeah. I just, I, I love the screenshot because it's the way that it's, t- the way that the photo is taken is that it's almost like it was forced perspective. But I know that the actress who plays Penelope is very short. She's very like, short, and Ed Quinn. But this guy is very tall. <laughs> yeah, the, the actor's name is Ed Quinn, and if I'm, I think he's like, holy crap, he's six four. Okay, yeah. Okay, and so it, it like, but that's to give you an idea of how tall. It's it oh, looked wow. like forced perspective. Yeah, no, Justina Machado is five one. Okay. He's got a foot and <laughs> so three he's over inches a foot on taller. her. Like she's literally going to have to climb him. Penelope will literally have to climb him or get a stepladder. <laughs> Amen. But you gotta do oh, what that's you gotta awesome. do for love. Love requires sacrifices. But yeah. Speaking of that slogan, though, yeah, we did the Car- Carmilla movie. Oh, right. The Carmilla movie. God, so much happened this year. I know. And especially it like really in the last it. three months. But I know, right? Movie like, movie oh, God. Came out. Um, Gretchen was live vlogging it uh, the night it came out for everybody else um, who got the early access because you know Gretchen signed up for early access on that and she had been uh, live vlogging it and yeah they went there with a certain scene I found out <laughs> um, yeah it was quite quite explicit more more so than I was anticipating well not necessarily more explicit than like a like a heterosexual scene in an R-rated film see with queer scenes yeah it was was just like unexpectedly um explicit yes (laughs) um I'm actually blushing a little just thinking about it like I I actually had to stop and walk away for a little bit because I am so (laughs) used to it being so chased that I was like holy crap oh definitely Um, like yeah it reminded me of the sex scenes in Lost Girl which is actually quite a compliment to be honest (laughs) yeah to be well but that's I just about said Canada Uh, that's Canada for you though and they don't have (laughs) Um, as many qualms about queer relationships on their TV as the U.S. does. Yeah. So, as I'm learning. Yeah. Oh, my girlfriend is Canadian. I also had to find somewhere to fit that in. I want you to understand that Avenue Q song just burst in my head. I know. I was like, I, know, I was like, I dare you. I dare you to make the joke, Corey. I know that you know it. <laughs> Your girlfriend who lives in Canada. Yeah, and her name is not Alberta. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Um, Does she live in the province, Alberta? No. Okay. (laughs) I'm really bad at provinces. Like, sue me. No. Uh, British Columbia, Pacific Northwest. Oh. 
We share that uh, we share that lesbian subculture of grown women who dress like teenage boys who skateboard. Well, I'm happy for you. <laughs> yes, thank you. Um, and your girlfriend who lives in Canada. Okay, I'll stop now. Whose I name promise. is not Alberta? <laughs> <laughs> I promise, I'm done. <laughs> She's but, not um, done. I'm going to try to be done. Let me move on. Um, mm-hmm. The amount of stuff we got, either announcements, though, or actual content that was coming out um, in the last couple of months. Another one, Runaways, with Carolina Dean. By the way, everybody on this freaking planet, before the show decided it's Carolina, knew her as Carolina. I will never not be salty about this for the needless <laughs> name pronunciation change. Damn. Sort of like in, uh, in the original trilogy of Star Wars, that one person pronounce it, pr- pronounces it Princess Leia. Oh my goodness. It'll bug the crap out of it. Like, now that I pointed it out, it'll bug the crap out of you. It's in A New Hope. Enjoy. No, I'm fine. Um, but yeah, <laughs> Car- I'm, I'm going to call her Carolina, because it should be Carolina. I don't know why they decided to be dumb. Um, Carolina Dean, have, have you seen... Um, where she manifests her powers the way they juxtaposed it. I mean, they have been hitting the viewers over the head with a freaking anvil to be like, hey, no, homegirl's a homo. Um, <laughs> no, okay, seriously. She's in a club. Well, not a club, but she's at a party. And she sees two girls kissing. And I shit you not, she lights up like a rainbow. I shit you uh, her, her powers are lighting up like freaking rainbow bright and flying. This is awesome. That is like... And the first time she discovers her powers, it's she's getting all the feels because she just... She's a raging gay and she saw two women kissing and she lit up like rainbow bright. That is utterly ridiculous. I love it. I know, but isn't that so amazing? <laughs> That's what it feels like. I have to be honest. That's what it feels like when you're in high school. (laughs) We have a walking, talking, literal rainbow lesbian. Oh, my God. There's so many superheroes whose powers are basically rainbows. It would be nice to have one that's actually queer. I know, but she is queer, and her power is literally rainbows. Have you seen the photos (laughs) of her when she's all lit up? You also have to remember that I am not really a big comics books person, other than, like, what you sort of dragged me into, so. So you haven't seen a photo of her all lit up like a rainbow? I have seen screenshots. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, picture that right after she saw two girls kissing. Oh my god. Oh my god, this is so gay. She lit up Super gay. and then immediately passed that. We're not going to talk about the bullshit that happened after that because it was unnecessary and stupid and I'm judging the showrunners forever for it. That does not exist. It's awful. But Okay then. Alright, so we are, we're not going <clears> to... <throat> Elizabeth? Yeah, anyways, moving on. Anyways. <clears throat> She's a walking rainbow. Okay, now I'm done. I promise. <laughs> All right. So, actually, I just remembered another thing that happened this year. We uh, officially had a game break the non-binary and transgender char- uh, player character barrier. Guess Almost what it was? 
Um. Oh. I guarantee you the answer is not what you would have assumed. Okay, now what is it? South Park, the Fracture Butthole. Congratulations, you are the first video game in history to feature, um, to, to allow a player character to select both their sexuality and gender and included genders other than male and female. All right, then. Yeah. <clears throat> Would not have expected South Park to be the game that broke that barrier, but congrats. They didn't do a whole lot with it, but still, it's important. It's important that somebody did take a chance on it. Right. Well, speaking of uh, non-binary characters, um, coming up, uh, Supergirl uh, 19, coming up in 2018, is introducing a non-binary character written by a non-binary writer. Hooray! And uh, the character is called, I think, Lee Serrano? And it's, they're a friend of Supergirl's, and it's being co-written by Vita, uh, uh, I'm really sorry, Vita, Ayala, Ayala, I am so sorry, A-Y-A-L-A, Ayala? Ayala? Yeah, Vita Ayala. Oh, again, I am so sorry for that. Um, But yeah, so I thought that was actually really cool, and I'm really looking forward to that, too, because you're having actual rep being written by somebody in the community who identifies that way. Yeah. Cause it's nice to have it exist, but like you have to do something with it. Mm-hmm. That's really like my only call out to um, obsidian on that is why did you include it? If you weren't going to do anything with it. Right. But um, you know, like still it's, you know, it's, you can't be overly cynical on this sort of thing, you have to be like, okay, good job, you included it, but also just sort of be like, and next time, let this is how you can improve. Yes. Um, okay, I found the plot for the Supergirl thing, really quick. Um, mm-hmm. Lee struggles with their parents and bullies at school for acceptance as non-binary. Supergirl is caught between punching her way through the problem and standing beside Lee as a symbol of hope. That sounds like a very Supergirl type plot. Well, yeah, it's Duh, it's Supergirl. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah. but Sounds so like good it's, stuff. It's really cool that we're getting a non-binary character written by a non-binary author. Yeah, that's So, good. I mean, when you get that authentic representation where, you know, it comes from the source, I think that's amazing. Yes. And that is something that we need more of in 2018. Yes. 2K forever, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. I think I'm so, uh, talking about Carolina Dean. <laughs> really? <laughs> I got I love how like about it. I was gonna say like sometimes you just have like a thing that just it upsets you so much that you feel like you need to lay down for 15 minutes after you talk. I know about that's it. where I am right now. It's like it's been a long day, <laughs> and then that came up, and now I'm just like, oh, there went all the spoons. <laughs> it's like anytime anybody reminds me that Morden Solace dies in Mass Effect 3. Oh, damn it! Why did you okay. do that? I did it to myself, too! Damn it! Okay, alright. Yeah. You are so mean all right. to me. Well, we're getting... we're getting to the end of the time anyway, so it's a good time to start wrapping up before we both go lay down and take a nap. <laughs> or Because <laughs> we're old. 
Um, <laughs> well, I mean, speak for yourself. I have dinner waiting. Um, yeah, basically, I think as a whole this year, we've made strides. Yeah, big ones. We definitely have room to make more. Especially I, in the face of everything else that's going on in the oh world, it's impressive that this much is this much progress has been made in media, which is good. Oh it's good to have goodness. something that's encouraging. Yes. Um, obviously, we still have a lot more work to do, but compared to, you know, the rotting carcass of 2016. <laughs> I, I know, think, right? I, th- I, I would like to say I think the network's heard the outrage and at least tried. Yeah. They at least tried to address it. I'm not saying, you know, they just succeeded wildly across the board. But, I think... you know, the horrific barrier gay spring slaughter didn't happen again. I think that they at least acknowledged that the easiest way to avoid the problem was by simply not killing off any queer characters. So, yes. while yes, that constitutes the bare minimum, but, like... Honestly, if you know anything about how the corporate world works, the bare minimum is the most you can expect. So, I'll take it as a victory. Yeah. I mean, incremental progress. Hopefully yes. we'll start seeing some bigger increments going on, or some more at least. But steps. Yes. Like, like Elizabeth just said, baby steps are still steps. We yes. didn't have another spring slaughter, so I count that as a win. And I'm looking yes. forward to shows like One Day at a Time and Black Lightning um, coming up in 2018. Um, and the existing characters we still oh. have, like Alex on Supergirl or Sarah on um, Legends of Legends Tomorrow. Tomorrow. And, you know, there's... And Rosa Diaz of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Right. Rosa, we've got Steven Universe, we've got Winona Earp, we've got... Um, you know, The Handmaid's Tale is coming back, and well, apparently I... they're going to be fleshing out your girlfriend's favorite character. I mean, I don't watch the show. I just know that they're bringing Clea Duvall in. <laughs> yes! I remember, ah! I remember she flipped out when I told her Clea Duvall was coming. <laughs> I flipped out when they said Clea Duvall was coming. Like, Clea Duvall is like lesbian catnip. It's like up there with Natasha Leone. Like, just put her in, and the lesbians, will their butts will be in the seat. Well, it could be because they both starred in But I'm a Cheerleader, but that's just... I mean, that might have something to do with it. Um, yeah. I actually just watched that a couple of weeks ago. It still holds up. (laughs) Yeah, anyways, uh, there's a lot, I think, to be excited for. Um, We're especially starting to see some more diverse representation, um, you know, because white is not the default, and I really love that we're starting to see more um, queer people of color getting a chance like with Rosa and with Elena and with you know Graceful Thunder and the named other character on Black Lightning and what would you say? Cat and Adina. That's right. right? Cat and Adina the, the bold type. That's ca- oh, yeah. we completely forgot about that one. Oops. <laughs> well, that one's coming back too. <laughs> yes. But yeah, yeah they got two they got a two season renewal. Yeah, so, I mean, I really love that we're starting to see more diverse representation as well. So, yay. Interracial also, does not have to mean a white person plus a person of color. It can also yes. mean two different kinds of people of color. Yes. 
And also the hundreds coming back. I know some of you just immediately hissed and reached for holy water, but the hundreds. I'm excited. Back. I know you're excited. Um, I know. I, I, w- I just want to see what happens with Raven. Like she's she's my little <laughs> precious that does not deserve this, and I, I basically just watch for her. <laughs> my baby Octavia and Nyla. I need to know what happens with Nyla and Clark. Oh. Honestly, like I'm excited. I am excited for this timeline jump. Well, I'm going to tell you, you know what happens to them. Nothing good. Nothing good ever happens to Clark. Corey will what? exist in the realm of denial until the show actually airs. You have four seasons of evidence that tell you otherwise. That's fine. That's fine. Denial is more than a river in Egypt. And I like to wallow uh, okay. in it. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to wrap this up. Um... Yes. Thank you guys for following along with us this year. I mean, Elizabeth and I have kind of talked about anything and everything, and we thank you guys for tuning in to listen to us ramble. We also have more anything and everything coming in next year. Oh, yeah, we're not even close to being done. Uh, nope. <laughs> you just thought we were done. We are just getting started, my friends. In the, was it John Paul Jones? We have not yet begun to rant. Um, yes. <laughs> also, you know, check out our other podcast. We've got the Fundamentalist, um, Anabashed Book Snobbery, Beneath the Screen of the Ultra Critics. If you want, like, a male version of Elizabeth and I bickering over film. <laughs> and they really also, are so funny. Yeah. But we, we also, you know, check out our store. We have some cool stuff in there as well. Um, we have some brand new merchandise, actually, with Steven Universe, especially. So make sure you check that out. And we'll also link to that unkillable queer shirt that we talked about earlier in the episode. So yes, thank you guys. It's been a great year. We can't wait to see you back in 2018. Elizabeth, you have anything else? Nope. It's been a good year and I look forward to returning to our once every two week schedule. Now that I'm not running around doing crazy things. Yeah. It'll be great. <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys next year. See you next year. Bye.